0: k News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The chief executive says there will be no changes to social distancing measures until her term ends at the end of this month. The police are launching a counter-terrorism reporting hotline to encourage members of the public to call in with intelligence on possible terrorist activities. And the British Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, has survived a vote of confidence from his own party. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says all social distancing measures, including border control restrictions, will remain unchanged until her term ends at the end of this month after the recent rise in COVID cases. She also announced that from today, anyone who tests positive using a rapid at-home test will have to take a PCR test to confirm whether or not they're really infected, since the percentage of false positive cases has gone up recently. Health officials reported more than 500 cases yesterday, up from about 200 to 300 a day in the past month. Speaking to reporters ahead of the weekly executive council meeting, Mrs Lam said the situation is concerning, but it's too early to say if Hong Kong is heading towards another wave of infections.
1: As a result of the increase in the um, positive cases, and since we have allowed uh, confirmed cases that is infected uh, people to stay at home where appropriate, for home isolation. So it is only natural or inevitable that some of the indicators will also go up, for example, the viral load in the sewage. For the time being, it is a bit too early to say that we are now confronting a sixth wave of the COVID-19 epidemic because it needs a lot more indicators in order to confirm the situation.
0: Separately, the CE stopped short of confirming if senior government officials will have to enter a closed-loop arrangement later this month in anticipation of the visit by President Xi Jinping to mark the 25th anniversary of the handover. She would only say the government will do its best to create the right conditions for Beijing officials to visit. The police say they'll launch a counter-terrorism reporting hotline from tomorrow to encourage members of the public to provide intelligence on terrorism or violence-related crimes. Senior Superintendent of the Forces Interdepartmental Counterterrorism Unit, Leung wai kei said people can provide information through SMS and WeChat, adding that authorities will consider whether or not to open up more reporting channels later. He added that officials are planning to pay rewards to those who provide reliable and crucial information. The British Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, has survived a vote of confidence from his own party. The result was delivered by the chairman of the 1922 committee and returning officer, Graham Brady. I can report as returning officer uh, that 359 ballots were cast, no spoiled ballots, that
2: the vote in favour... Uh, of having confidence in Boris Johnson as leader was 211 votes, and the vote against was 148 votes.
0: And therefore, I can announce that the Parliamentary Party does have confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Johnson has faced months of criticism after it emerged that events had been held at government offices in Downing Street during Covid lockdowns. He described the result as convincing and decisive. I think it's a, an extremely good, positive, conclusive, decisive result, which enables us to move on, to unite and to focus on delivery. And that is exactly what we're going to do. Under the current rules, Mr Johnson cannot be challenged in a leadership vote again for a year. But the result of the vote appears to have dealt a significant blow to Boris Johnson's authority. The total number of rebels represents more than 40% of the Conservative Party in Parliament. The leader of the opposition Labour Party, Keir Starmer, has condemned the Conservatives for supporting Boris Johnson.
2: The Conservative Party now believes that good government focused on improving lives is too much to ask. The Conservative government now believes that breaking the law is no impediment to making the law.
0: The Conservative Party now believes that the British public have no
2: right to expect honest politicians.
0: A senior U.S. diplomat has said there would be a forceful response if North Korea conducted a nuclear test. The Deputy Secretary of State, Wendy Sherman, was speaking in Seoul after a meeting with her South Korean counterpart.
3: Any nuclear test would be in complete violation of U.N. Security Council resolutions. There would be a swift and forceful response to such a test, and the entire world will respond in a strong and clear manner.
0: Russia's United Nations ambassador has walked out of a Security Council meeting after the President of the European Council, Charles Michel, blamed the assault on Ukraine for causing a global food crisis. Mr Michel said Russia was using food as a stealth missile against the developing world. The dramatic consequences of Russia's war are spilling over across the globe, and this is driving up food prices, pushing people into poverty and destabilizing entire regions. And Russia is solely responsible for this food crisis, Russia alone, despite the Kremlin's campaign of lies and disinformation. As fighting continues in the eastern Ukrainian city of Severodonetsk, President Volodymyr Zelensky has warned that his troops there are outnumbered by stronger Russian forces. He said street fighting and constant Russian artillery bombardments in Severodonetsk and neighbouring Lizichansk had made both of them dead cities. A supermarket in Kuwait has pulled Indian tea and other products from its shelves and put them on covered trolleys. It's in protest against comments by an Indian ruling party spokeswoman that have been deemed Islamophobic. Saudi Arabia, Iran, Egypt, Qatar and Pakistan have also condemned the remarks Nupur Sharma made about the founder of Islam, the Prophet Muhammad, during a television debate. The Mexican president has pulled out of the Summit of the Americas in protest against a decision by the U.S. hosts not to invite countries they consider undemocratic. Cuba, Venezuela and Nicaragua have not been invited to the gathering in Los Angeles. President Andres Manuel Obrador said all countries of the region should be represented. There cannot be a Summit of the Americas if all the
2: countries of the Americas do not participate. I do not accept that anyone should be placed above other countries. I do not accept dominance from China, Russia or the United States. All countries, however small they may be, are free and independent.
0: The White House spokeswoman, Karine Jean-Pierre, explained President Biden's decision.
1: The president's principal position is that we do not believe that dictators should be invited, which is the reason President Obrador has decided not to attend. Uh, We look forward to hosting Foreign Secretary Ibarra as the Mexican representative, and we welcome Mexico's significant contribution to the major summit deliverables.
0: The key themes of the summit are migration, climate change, the pandemic, and what the U.S. calls the fight for freedom and democracy. The former leader of the U.S. right-wing group, the Proud Boys, Enrique Tarrio and Four Associates, have been charged with seditious conspiracy for their role in the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, by Donald Trump supporters. Federal prosecutors accused the five men of plotting the attack in advance and encouraging other Trump supporters to prevent Congress from certifying his 2020 election defeat by Democrat Joe Biden. Brazilian troops and police are searching a remote part of the Amazon after a leading indigenous expert and a British journalist went missing. They were travelling in the Jabari Valley in northwestern Brazil near the borders with Peru and Colombia. More details from the BBC's Katie Watson. Don Phillips, who's lived in Brazil for well over a decade, has written extensively on the Amazon. He was with Bruno Pereira, an expert on isolated tribes, who's currently on leave from his post with the Government Indigenous Affairs Agency. According to the region's indigenous group, Univaja,
1: the two men had been on the ground since last week and were last seen on their way back to the city of Atalaya do Norci, but they never arrived. According to Univaja,
0: the men had received threats in the days before their disappearance, but no more detail was given. U.S. authorities have ordered the seizure of two aircraft owned by the Russian billionaire Roman Abramovich. They say they're subject to sanctions that Washington imposed on Russia over its assault on Ukraine. Mr. Abramovich, who denies being a close associate of Vladimir Putin, has also been placed on a sanctions list by the British government. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 21,624. That's 24 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $81 billion. To currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 132.57 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 6 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 80 cents. To sports and we start with the NHL where Arturi Lechlan scored 1 minute 19 seconds into overtime as Colorado rallied to beat the Edmonton Oilers 6-5, completing a four game sweep in the Western Conference final and sending the Avalanche to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 2001. Colorado will take on the winner of the Eastern Conference Final between the New York Rangers and two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Rangers lead that best-of-seven series 2-1. Game four is tomorrow morning, Hong Kong time, at Tampa Bay. In football news, the World Cup-bound Canadian national team are on strike in a dispute over pay. The team's refusal to train or play for Sunday's friendly against Panama led to the game being called off. Canada's men have qualified for the World Cup for only the second time, but the players released a letter accusing Canada soccer of disrespecting the team in negotiations around World Cup prize money. Canadian authorities say the players' demands are not financially viable. Their next match is against Curaçao on Thursday. Here's the BBC's Simon Stone.
2: The game against Panama was a friendly match. The game against Curaçao is a Nations League game so then it becomes almost a a, an issue for CONCACAF Confederation and also for FIFA if if matches can't go ahead Canada Soccer uh, and also the Canadian players and clearly the the team manager John Herdman know that that was a, a vital game missed yesterday vital training sessions they've not qualified for a World Cup since 1986. So this is vital time with the players that is being lost that you can't get back in within the international calendar. I think there will be a lot of talking going on over the next couple of days to see whether there can be a compromise or at least a holding position to allow the games to go ahead that will allow Canada to actually prepare for the World Cup that they've worked so hard to get to.
0: In the UEFA Nations League, holders France were held to a one-all draw by Croatia in a rematch of the 2018 World Cup final. France have yet to record a win in their Nations League campaign. Elsewhere, Denmark beat Austria 2-1 in Vienna and Kazakhstan beat Slovakia 1-0. And Sepp Blatter and Michel Platini, once the Chiefs of World and European Football, face trial tomorrow over a suspected fraudulent payment that shook the sport and torpedoed their time at the top. Former FIFA president Blatter, who's now 86, and Platini, who's 66, start a two-week trial at Switzerland's Federal Criminal Court in the southern city of Bellinzona following a mammoth investigation that began in 2015 and lasted six years. There are doubts as to whether or not one of the most successful tennis players in the modern era will play at Wimbledon. Rafa Nadal won the French Open for the 14th time on Sunday but spoke afterwards about having no feeling in his foot due to painkiller injections which were needed for him to play. The BBC's Russell Fuller has more on what the future holds for the 22-time Grand Slam champion. We were aware that he's had major problems with his left foot. Uh, The assumption was he'd been having injections to be able to allow him to keep playing. He said he'd had a number of these anaesthetic injections in his foot just to numb the foot. Didn't feel it at all as he was playing his matches. But he's got to the point where he doesn't want to continue in that vein. So what he's going to do is have a treatment later this week to try and burn the nerve on a more permanent basis. But if that doesn't work, he will not play Wimbledon. He will not have more injections just to play at the All England Club, and instead he'll have to decide whether he wants to have what he described as a major operation. It might extend his career, he might not. It's really about quality of life as much as trying to win more tennis titles. And finally to golf, six-time major champion Phil Mickelson will will play at this week's opening event of the LIV Golf Invitational Series after a four-month break from the game. The BBC's Ian Carter has the details.
2: Mickelson hasn't been seen publicly since February when his controversial comments about Saudi Arabia and the PGA Tour were made public. Announcing that he will play in the first of eight $25 million events this week, Mickelson revealed that he's been undergoing therapy in his quest to become a better person. The 51-year-old joins the likes of Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia and Lee Westwood in playing the three-day Saudi-funded tournament which starts on Thursday. To the weather forecast, cloudy with
0: showers and a few squally thunderstorms. Winds will be moderate to fresh south to southwesterlies. The outlook, there'll be heavy showers and squally thunderstorms in the next few days. Currently 29 degrees Celsius, humidity 76%, and the thunderstorm warning is still in force. To end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive says there will be no changes to social distancing measures until her term ends at the end of this month. The police are launching a counter-terrorism reporting hotline to encourage members of the public to call in with intelligence on possible terrorist activities. And the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has survived a vote of confidence from his own party. The news from RTHK.
1: Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Sadir Osmani. It's Tuesday, which means we talk food and drink. My soundbite guest after 1.30 is Josie James, founder and director of her own recruitment agency, a member of Toastmasters and an avid cook and foodie. Josie joins me to share her special food memories in Soundbite. And then after 2pm, Andrew Dembina, Radio 3's food and drinks roving reporter, is here to serve up the latest local and global news from the food scene. And in keeping with our food theme on the show, we look at the World Health Organization's World Food Safety Day. Celebrated on 7th June each year, it draws global attention to the consequences of contaminated food and water to health. That is all coming up between now and three, so I hope you're going to keep me company. And here's Chaka Khan and a Like Sugar.